0: Awesome. Well, it's great to have you with us this morning. I am absolutely thrilled to be able to study the Word of God with you. So, if you have your Bible, would you open it up to Isaiah chapter 58? We'll be in Isaiah 58. Of course, we're in a series here at Hope Community Church on the book of Isaiah. And uh, we, we just keep uh, moving forward each and every week. And it's been an awesome study. Uh, the series is called The God You Can Trust. And He really is. He is a God we can trust. In previous weeks, we have heard the good news of salvation. On Good Friday and Easter Sunday, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He took our place and then he rose from the dead victoriously and gives eternal life to those who believe. What is eternal life? Eternal life is a life with God that can start today and it can go on forever. Pretty amazing thing. Then last week, we put the invitation on the table. All who are thirsty, come to the refreshing waters, you know, Um, come buy without price. We get to buy because Jesus paid the price and salvation is a free gift. And Isaiah says in chapter 55, come all, come to the waters. And that is the invitation today. If you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? You know, the day is the day of salvation. So last week we looked at the invitation. Today we find ourselves in another famous passage of scripture, Isaiah chapter 58. And I love this because Isaiah continues the story. We've heard good news of salvation. We've, we've said yes to the invitation in Jesus Christ. And now the question is, what does it look like to follow him? What, is it, what does it look like to, to worship God, to be, a, to be a part of a community of faith? What is this this thing called, called religion or worship. What, what is this all about? And uh, we, I had a, a great uh, time with my neighbors last weekend. We had a barbecue and I enjoy it because we talk about faith. And certainly they're not uh, involved or actively involved in worship or faith right now. But uh, they have a Catholic background and, and we get into great conversations. And uh, one of my neighbors began asking about the sacraments. And she said, oh, how many sacraments do you guys have at Hope Community Church? And I was like, well, we got two sacraments. We've got baptism and we've got the Lord's Supper. And she's like, well, you know, Catholics have seven. I'm like, oh, man, I only got two. And then, um, and then she's like, the, the seventh one, uh, actually only a priest can do the seventh sacrament. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize this because the seventh sacrament is becoming a priest. And she looks at me and she goes, I've done all six. I am like, wow, you got me there. (laughs) You know, like, um, congratulations, you know, like, you've got all six. That's amazing. And it just got me thinking, like, is this really what God desires for us? Is this a relationship with God through Jesus Christ checking off, you know, some of the boxes and leveling up until you've done it, right? Like, is that it? that what it's about. Uh, Angie and I have a family member, and uh, he drinks beer. He really likes beer. I think he might actually have a beer every day. And uh, I found out that he gives up beer for Lent. I had no idea this, this guy did anything religious. I was shocked. And, and I was just, we were having this conversation. I'm like, wow, you love beer. You give that up for Lent. You know, how do you do that? How do you go 40 days without beer? He's like, oh man, he's like, it's not easy. He's like, I give up beer and I start drinking whiskey. <laughs> is that it? I asked the question of Isaiah 58, is this the fast that God desires? Giving up beer, I'll drink whiskey instead. Guys, I gotta believe God has so much more for us. I believe God has a a great plan for our life and for our relationship with God that is bigger than just singing some songs on Sunday morning or giving up something for Lent once a year or checking off the boxes of religious activity. God says, you're doing all these religious things, but what I'm actually doing here is I'm actually calling you to something greater. And God has a great plan and our purpose for our life that is deeper and more rich than just our religious activity. And so today I take you to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 is about real fasting, but we're actually going to go a little deeper and we want to talk about real worship. What is the worship that pleases God? What is the worship that God chooses and ultimately that brings glory to Him? I think it might surprise us. So check out Isaiah 58. Read Isaiah 58, 1 through 2. This is what God says through his prophet Isaiah. Shout it aloud. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. That's what the prophets do. They get to declare the the sin and rebellion. Verse 2, for day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say? You've not seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves? You've not noticed. Yet on the day of fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and Striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today. Expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen, says the Lord, to loose the chains of injustice? And to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and malicious talk and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden Like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Wow, what an incredible passage. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for an opportunity to come into this house and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we don't want to just go through the motions this morning. We don't want to just open up the Bible another time and and check off another uh, Sunday morning. But God, you have a, a plan and a purpose for us here today. You're calling us out. You're calling us, Lord, on behalf of the poor and the needy, the broken and the oppressed. And Lord, we want our light to shine in dark places. We thank you that the darkness cannot overwhelm the light. Not one chance, not one bit. You are the light of the world. And you will shine brightly until the whole earth is full of your glory. So we're excited about today. We love studying your word. Would you uh, transform our hearts through the power of the gospel? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're diving into Isaiah 58. And our question this morning, what is worship? What does it mean to truly worship God? And what kind of worship brings glory to God? What is the worship God has chosen? And as I already hinted at, we'll put it up on the screen, worship is not just the things we do. And I hope you know that today, a lot of times we think of our worship in terms of the actions we do. I I go to church, I pray, I open the Bible during the week, I I sing, whatever it is, I, I fast, as it talks about in Isaiah 58, and all those actions matter. Hear me, those actions are valuable. They matter. They all encompass worship. But what can happen when when we get stuck in the actions of worship, but we're not connecting with the God we worship? That's a huge problem. And it's the problem we see in Isaiah 58. If you'll pick it up with me in verse 1. This is what God says to Isaiah. He says, shout it aloud. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Uh, anybody have any uh, kids who play the trumpet or trombone at home? It gets a little bit loud, right? So that's what he's saying. Shout it out like a trumpet. They're going to notice. They're going to hear this. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. And God calls forth the prophet. And he says, I have a message for the rebels and the sinners. Isaiah's like, finally, I get to yell at all the bad people in the world and yet who are these rebels and sinners surprisingly they're not the irreligious but the religious how about that look at verse 2 and day after day they seek me out they seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its god They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. You look at the people here. They're doing all the right actions, aren't they? Look at that. They want to know God. They desire God's presence. It actually says they seek God day after day. There is a consistent daily pursuit. I mean, what pastor wouldn't want a church like this? Come on. I love it even goes on to say how they, they fast and they pray. Wow. In the Old Testament, God only commanded one fast for His people in the entire year. It wasn't a 40-day fast, just one day of fasting on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. This was a day of national repentance, fasting for the Lord. All other fasts outside of the Day of Atonement were voluntary fasts and And that's what we see here in this passage. People voluntarily fasting and praying and seeking God day after day. I don't know about you. I'm not one to voluntarily go without food. I don't like that feeling of hunger. And yet the Bible highlights the blessings of fasting, doesn't it? And it just goes to show that we are talking about a level of varsity religious activity here right? All the boxes are checked off. But something isn't right. Because according to this passage, God calls his people rebels and sinners. And it makes me want to say, God, are you sure? You sure you got the right people here? You make a mistake. They look like pretty good people to me, and that's exactly the problem. They look pretty good people. Circle a couple of key words. The word seen. Did you catch that? They seem eager to know God. There's an appearance of religiosity. Circle the word as if. As if they're a nation that does what is right. What does this tell us? It tells us that though they're doing all these religious things there, faith is only as if. Do we have any children from the 80s here? Come on, be proud. Anyone? Children of the 80s? Let's go. All right, all right. Praise Jesus. We've got a few children of the 80s. Uh, anyone remember that statement, as if? Come on, as if? Like, hey, why don't you go out with that guy in the IZOD shirt? As if. Right? And God speaks to his people like he's right out of the 1980s. As if. You seem to glorify me, but it's only as if. You ever find yourself going through the motions of worship? Here we are again another Sunday. Sunday sitting in the chairs, singing the songs. Is it only as if? Raise our hands in worship, because that's what we do at church. Open our Bible. Here we go. Learning the word of God. Another Sunday morning. Is it only as if? I think, you know, as a pastor, that's probably one of the greatest dangers in my life. And I have to be so careful. As I'm in the Bible during the week and studying for messages, it's a great danger that I would do it week in and week out. Not as worship, but as work. There's a danger of an as-if spirituality. Is it real? Or is it just as-if? Are we going through the motions? What are the dangers of As if spirituality. I think we're all familiar with them. One of them is disconnection from God. I'm going through the motions, but I'm disconnected from God. Verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say, and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? They're doing all the right things, but you notice how hollow it is. God's not in it. They feel disconnected from God. Number 2. Lack of transformation. Transformation. Verses three and four. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. I was thinking about some of the workers we interact with. How about after we worship on Sunday, we go out to lunch? How do we treat our server? Or how do we treat our coworkers during the week? Or, you know, when we get angry with our children? Do we lose our temper? Do we lash out? Has our worship on Sunday morning translated to our relationships with people during the week? And God goes on to say, your fasting ends with quarreling and strife and striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high disconnection from God, lack of transformation. We can do all the religious things. But if God's not in it, if he's not changing our life, we're just going through the motions. As Jesus would say in Matthew 15, 8 and 9, he quotes Isaiah, actually 29, these people, honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Empty, empty. Hollow. That's not where we want to be in our walk with Jesus Christ. As people worship me with their lips, but where are our hearts this morning? We're learning from Isaiah 58. Is that what is the worship that brings glory to God? Here we go. It's not just the actions we do, but it's the heart we pursue. Worship's not just the actions we do. The actions matter. That is worship, but it's got to be deeper. It's got to be more than that. It's the heart we pursue. You may have noticed we got our Hope banners up again this week, and I love our banners. Our banners tell us who we are. They give us the core values for this family. If you look right over here, what does it say? Number two, genuineness is encouraged. And that's our heart for every person here at Hope Community Church. When you come To church, when you're a part of this family, we're not trying to pretend faith, we're not checking off boxes of religious activity, we actually seek, we want to seek God in ways that are genuine and real. And if you're here today, and and maybe you're still searching, maybe you're not even yet in a place of faith, we're so glad you're here, and we just want to invite you to genuinely pursue God. We care. God transforms. This is a place where actually genuineness is encouraged, praise God. I like the second one. Christianity is a matter of the heart. That's huge. Worship is a matter of the heart, and this is the truth that God wants us to learn today. Authentic worship that God desires is always a matter of our heart. It's not just the actions, right? Worship is not just the actions we do, but the heart we pursue. See, worship isn't just sitting in a church pew or raising your hands or opening the Bible or singing a few Christian songs. Worship's not an event. Worship is a lifestyle. It's a life of honoring, obeying God in every single area, in thought, word, and deed, right? It's... it's, it's surrendering our heart to the Lord so that we might bring glory to Him. And God says, This is the worship that I choose. Verse five, God says, Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and lying in sackcloths and ashes? Is this what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord. It's not just the actions we do. Is not this the fasting I've, kind of, I've chosen, God says? Look at this. This is awesome. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? To provide the poor wanderer with shelter. And when you see the naked, to clothe them. And not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. What a powerful passage of scripture. See, God says to his people in this passage, something's missing. You want a vertical experience with God, but you don't want a horizontal touch in the lives of others. You want to come and have God meet all of your needs, but you will not want to go and meet the needs of others. In the familiar words of our tangible kingdom, God's saying, you love the up and in, but the worship I desire always send you out. And I love today because our VBS registration opens up. How awesome is that? And I couldn't be more excited about VBS this year because this is an opportunity for our kids to come, to learn about God, and to grow in our faith. But that's not where it ends. Because here at Hope Community Church, our VBS is our mission trip for the year. And so I want to encourage you to take a week this summer and be a part of of getting the gospel out to kids in our community who may not know Jesus Christ. Right, it's up, in, and out. How can we be the light of Jesus in the community around us? Maybe it's just inviting another family or some kids to come be a part. Maybe it's serving, whatever it is. It's more than just up and in. It's up, in, and out. Yeah, I love, I love worship. Amen. Praise the Lord. Love our church family, and we should. But the question God's asking us today is, do you love your neighbors? Are you serving those in need? This is the worship that God chooses. I like that third banner because it shows us how to live in love like Jesus. Jesus had three great loves. Up, love God. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He said, said to his disciples, he said, new command I give you, love one another. We want to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Up, in, and out. We put the logo right at the center because that's a life changed by Jesus Christ. As we read Isaiah 58, is there not a familiar ring to it? Does it not feel like Jesus? Think about the ministry of Jesus how he had compassion on people, Isaiah 58 pervaded the ministry of Jesus Christ. Loosen the chains of injustice. Set the oppressed free. Break every yoke. Share food with the hungry. Provide shelter for the homeless. Clothe the naked. I want to be about that. And it says, don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. Who are our flesh and blood? It's not just our, our own family. He's talking about the human family. We don't turn our backs on those in need. We don't turn our backs on the vulnerable, the hurting, the broken, the enslaved, because they are flesh and blood. They are humans made in the image of God. This is speaking of the value, worth, and dignity of every human being on planet Earth. We don't turn our back on. How do we live this out? Number one, you know, this is not easy. I feel very challenged by this passage. It stretches me out of my comfort zone in in really good ways. But how do we live this out? I'd say number one, antenna up. Antenna up. Do we see, are we seeing the needs of people around us? And one of the questions I love to ask is just, do we know anyone who has a need? And how can we go and meet that need? That's a great question for our small groups. Hey, do we know somebody who has a need? And then, Let's go. Let's meet that need. And we've done that here at Hope. It could be making meals for somebody. We've gone and we've cleaned up after a tornado or we've served neighbors. All sorts of amazing things. I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. So proud of this church. There are personal ways, personal efforts we can make. Not only here, but around the world. It could be sponsoring children, different things like that. But besides these personal efforts, we also come together as a community And we make a powerful corporate effort to to see this ministry taking place, not just here in our own community, but globally all around the world. And I want you to know that 10% of everything that we give goes right out the door to amazing global partners who are bringing care, freedom, and justice to this world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love it. I love that we get to be a part of that you might read our monthly Global Partners update. You'll hear about AROAD, African Rural Outreach and Development. What an amazing organization in Uganda. And they're helping vulnerable children, orphans, make sure they have food and quality education. You might hear about JBI, Justice Ventures International. They're, they're breaking every yoke of oppression, right? They're bringing freedom, justice, and restoration to those who are suffering from human trafficking and other forms of extreme injustice. And we're we're doing that with them. We're a part of that. Uh, Maybe you've uh, heard about uh, Help the Children in Transnistria, which aims to change the lives of orphans. And some of us have even gone to Transnistria to serve alongside. Man, I love that we get to do this. Um, Besides these global partners, I just want to highlight Liz Hefner, She's a part of Sunday Breakfast Mission right in the city. You do Isaiah 58 every day of the week in the city of Philadelphia, feeding the hungry, um, providing shelter for the homeless, and seeing lives transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, that's it. That's what we are about. That's what we've gathered together um, to make a difference. See, there are so many things we can do. But what I'm trying to tell you today is that these aren't just causes we support. It's more than that. This is worship. It's worship. Right? Our worship doesn't end at 1115 on Sunday morning. Our worship extends to the way we love and serve people all around the world, Monday through Saturday. And God says, this is the worship I have chosen. How amazing is that? So what does it mean? What what will happen if we embrace this? Just look at the results. We saw the results of going through the motions, disconnection from God, lack of transformation. It's just the opposite here. And this gets me excited. When I think about what God could do through a community of faith as we embrace Isaiah 58. Verse 8 says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. And your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you'll call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help and he'll say, here I am. This is a, a life rich with the presence of God. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, if you spend yourself, in behalf of the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He'll satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land, and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, and will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called repairer of broken walls, Restore of streets with dwellings. It's a ministry of restoration. And seeing the city of God here in the city of this world, answering Jesus' prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What a powerful picture. How do we know our worship is real? It's not just changing our lives, it's changing the world. And the presence of God is breaking forth like a light in the darkness. And it gives this picture from the Exodus. You remember in the Exodus, uh, you know, pillar of fire by night day, and they had this cloud going with them. And, and he says that the, your righteousness will go before you. The glory will be your rear guard. And I love that picture because as we engage in our world as servants of Jesus Christ, the world will, yeah, they'll see our righteousness. But as we pass by, what do they see? Not our righteousness, but the glory of the Lord. Because it's all for the glory of the Lord. And the earth, as we sang this morning, will be full of his glory. I'm so excited. I'm so full of hope today because you are here and you want to make a difference. You want to take the gospel out. Guys, these are exciting times. See, worship is not just the actions we do, but the heart we pursue. And so I want to ask as we close, How real is your worship? You feel like you're going through the motions today. You say, oh man, my, my worship isn't as real as I'd like it to be. How can I change that? Just ask God. He'll come in. He'll change your life. You'll surrender your heart to him this morning. And he makes it real. And he loves to do that for us. Worship is not just a song, it's it's a life. It's a life of bringing glory and honor to God. And he is worthy. Let's pray. God, thanks for this challenging message this morning. A challenging message not for the the irreligious, but the religious. We know there's a great danger in our life. And we would do our Christianity as if and you're just saying to us today, that's, that's not the worship that honors me. And so we, we repent, we confess. And at times we, we do exactly that. And the beautiful thing is that repentance restores the standard. And we come here today and we say, God, would you make it real? We don't want to do phony church anymore. We don't want to be inwardly focused. We need real change. And we need to come from you alone. If you're asking today that God would make it real in your heart, would you go ahead and pray that prayer? God, please make it real. Make it real for me. I don't want to live another day going through the motions come in and change my life. And not just for my life, but I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to shine a bright light to the people around me. Thank you, God, that this world will never be the same. And though there is darkness, it says even in the darkness, our light will shine like the noonday. And so as the darkness gets darker, let your light shine brighter and brighter. Thanks for this church. Thank you for the ways that we get to to serve you and make a difference, whether it's our our time, our talents, our treasure. We say yes to being change makers for the gospel. Don't let the worship end. Oh, we want to go all out. Even as we sing this last song, we sing it for you. We sing it for the glory of your name. And we won't be quiet as we leave here today Lord, we'll continue to sing and to give praise and to give glory to you every moment, every day. Show us the needs of people around us that so we can be a part of something greater, something bigger. We say yes to that. we we'll give it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.